Conananian. Walter, what car are you working on this week? Aloha, Ron. How about a uh, 2001 Volkswagen? I hate to say that out loud because I know how you feel about them. Golf TDI 1.9 liter diesel. If you got a problem, don't care what it is. If you need a hand, I can assure you this. I can help. I got two strong arms. I can help. It would sure do me good. The Car Doctor. These are all pretty much the standard test. Every way we see one, this is how we do it. And it's it's usually a turbo. Turbo and then the, turbo, yeah, unfortunately. Turbo and then the wastegate would be the second most common failure on those vehicles. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, start your engines. Ron and Andy, the car doctor, rolling along as we kick the garage doors open this hour. Here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. The car doctor's 24-7 phone number. Find us on Facebook and more information at cardoctorshow.com. Let's get going and get off with a bang. Let's go over and talk to Vicky with an 09 Dodge Avenger and some conversation about maintenance. Vicky, welcome to the car doctor. How can I help? Vicky. Hello. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. Um, how can I help you in your Avenger? Um, I just wanted to make sure that there's nothing else that I can do because I have 271,000 miles on it and I keep it well maintained. J- wait for it. Just broken in, 271,000 miles. Isn't it great to have an older car like that and everybody goes, wow, how did you get it to go that far? And and, and then you get to tell them, well, I, I maintained it. And, uh, you know, I wasn't afraid to spend some money on it when it broke. And that just makes all the sense in the world to me. What sort of maintenance have you been doing to it, Vicki? Oil change, tire rotations, transmission, flush and filter. Just the basics. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've put spark plugs in it by now, I would assume? Yes. Uh, timing belt? No. Really? Yeah. Which engine is this? Uh, RT. Uh, this is this is the this is the uh, the V six the two five V six. No, oh uh, no, it's a four. Oh, this this is a four. Okay. Yeah. Um. So is this the two four dual overhead cam motor? Yes. Okay. Yes. So this is the Mitsu motor. This is the um. Yeah, this is the Mitsubishi motor, if I'm not mistaken. Um. There should be a timing belt there. If there is, and if it's the one I'm thinking of, it it should have been replaced or it should be replaced, because that's just that's just a disaster waiting to happen. So, you know, you want to let them take a look at that and verify that for you. Uh, okay. You know, timing belt. And when they do the timing belt, you want to do the water pump and tensioner and, you know, all the things related to it because you don't want to have to go in there twice. Um, but this is, a, this is a 2000 or a 2005? This is no, an 09. 09. This is yeah. an 09. Okay, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, okay. This is a newer one. That's why. Um, you know, but you want to look at that. And then, you know, it's always good at this point in the game, any sort of front-end work? Have you done any suspension or steering work or anything like that to this? No. Yes, um, the light came on, the ABS traction light and the ES, uh, ESC. And the AS, yeah, e- that came on yesterday. I got the... Um, the uh, Scanned? The hub the hub assembly. Okay. But for then the- it didn't come with the, the wheel... Right, the wheel bearing hub assembly went bad. 
Yes, I got that put on, but the um, the little piece that comes with the wheel sensor didn't come with it, so they're going to do that Monday. Okay. If this is if this is an 09, and I'm sorry, my screen, I thought my screen said uh, 2000. If this is an 09, then this has a timing chain. This is a timing chain motor, um, and these are these that makes it even better for you. These are even more rock solid. So, uh, you know, whatever you're doing is working, kiddo. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't very much because, you know, this is this is just good solid maintenance keeping this car going. Can I ask you, you know, when you're faced with, uh, you know, major repairs, do you have in your mind, do you have a dollar figure where you're not going to fix this anymore? Oh no, Mm-mm. I want it to keep running. Okay, so let me ask you this question. I don't then. want a car payment. Right. Are you putting money away for maintenance every month? Do you do you do you think like that? No, I'll just have it. I'll just make sure. I I'll just have it. Okay, you know the, the trends I read and the reports I read say that after a car is three years old, and this is a two thousand nine, so that qualifies. After it's three years old, the average American will spend anywhere between one hundred and twenty five and one hundred and fifty dollars a month on maintenance. And and, I when, don't. and when you think of it, yeah, it doesn't sound like you are. It sounds like you're beating the odds, um, and that's good. That's a good thing. But, you know, you may want to try and, you know, squirrel away twelve to $1,500 a year. And if you have it left over, great. Um, mm-hmm. But if you don't, you know, their point the article was making is it talks about cost per mile. And, you know, if you're under that figure, then you've, you've, you've beaten the odds and you're, you're doing well. But uh, the point becomes that if tomorrow, heaven forbid, it needed a transmission and it was, for argument's sake, $4,000, you can't look at it and say, "Well, I'm not spending four thousand dollars on a ten year old car." You've got to look. Oh, at- I have lifetime. I have lifetime powertrain. Oh, really? Yes. How'd, how'd you get that? Uh, it came with it when I bought the car. I guess it was when the recession was going on. And they were and looking. It, just came, it came yeah. with the car. Good for you. Good for mm-hmm. you. So, well, like I said, just just be aware of what things cost, and I'm sure you are. But you know, in terms of uh, putting some money away uh, for the future. But, um, no, hey, listen, it sounds like you're doing it right. Are you doing any sort of fuel system maintenance and any cleaning? No, I always put, like I started a year ago, uh, I put 93 in my, uh, in the gas. Okay. And, and your mechanic, is it the same mechanic been working on the car since it was new? I go to the dealer on certain things and then go to a garage on other things. All right. Well, whoever does more of the maintenance or whoever you trust the most, ask their honest opinion about what that car, would that car benefit from uh, something. We, we call it a carbon cleaning in New Jersey, depending upon where you are in the country. It's also known as a fuel injection cleaning or fuel system cleaning. And the idea is as an engine, as an engine you know, gets more miles on it, carbon deposits build up on the inside. And it's it's sort of, you know, like getting the arteries cleaned out. It's removing any deposits, any formations, and, uh, you know, helping the engine to last longer, cleaning up around the valves and tops of oh, the Oh, I did that once. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, just mm-hmm. check that. Maybe it's time to do that again. Uh, you know, that, so even even if the water belt, nothing's wrong with that, I should still get the um the timing belt, the tension? Well, no, there is no timing belt on this. This is a chain motor. Oh, okay. This this, okay. this motor is a chain. You may want to ask them, how is the water pump, what does the water pump look like? And then the conversation goes around. I'm trying to remember an 0924 chain motor. If the, if the water pump is timing chain driven, you know, at what point do you replace the pump? Because you also have to get into that, too. Do you travel far with the car, Vicky, or are you local around town mostly? 
No, I used to travel a lot for work, three hours to work, three hours back. Right. So, you know, you've got to think, you know, at what point do you start changing some components based on mileage or at least being aware to look more than just a casual glance. Um, One of the things I always think about as a car gets older is what I call rotating electrical, starter, alternator. You know, you've probably put a battery in it by now, but just to be aware of those things. And then, uh, you know, stop and consider water pump, radiator, how do the cooling system components look, and then obviously belts and hoses. If you haven't done any of that, you want to look at those things and, you know, get those replaced or consider replacing them based on condition and uh, what they actually look like. But, you know, by all accounts, if you've got almost 300,000 miles on this car, between your maintenance and the way you're driving it, you've got a good car. Uh, You know, I would hang on to it at all, you know, by all means. So... Um, so it's not going to just stop in the middle of the road one day because there's so many miles on it? <laughs> uh, it might. But then again, I might stop in the middle of the road because there's so many miles on me. I mean, it doesn't make any difference, you know. it's You can't look at it that way. Let me ask you the important questions. Do you have a cell phone? Yeah. Do you have triple A or roadside coverage of some kind? Yes, I do. you have enough money in the checkbook to cover you for a tow or a calamitous failure? Yes, I do. You're covered then you know what, that's the lifestyle. Because the choice is you've either got those things and you're good to go, and you've got the mindset to deal with it if and when it happens, not that it's, you know, we hope it doesn't. Or the only other solution is you're going to go out and, you know, you're going to go buy a new car, and some people want that. Some people want to spend the $20,000, dollars $50,000 that it takes to buy a new car, and I get that, and that's that's okay too. Um, You know, it's potato, potato. Which way do you want to go in life? And, you know, as long as you're comfortable with it, it sounds like you're doing all you can to make it safe. Just keep driving it. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I hear stories about people saying, I don't want to spend any money on this car. I'm going to go buy a new car. A week later, they've got a flat because they ran over a huge chunk of steel in the road. And now they're stuck on the side of the road with a brand new whatever model year car. So new doesn't mean good. New means we spend some money in the hopes that it will be good. And you've just got to take that perspective and, and, and look at it. And sometimes the guarantee works and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, you've, by all means, in my mind, you've got a good car going here. I'd hang on to it and, and ride it as long as you can. All Thank right? Thank you so much. You're very Thank welcome, you. Vicky. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate you uh, taking the time. And uh, um, it wasn't terrible, was it? I was easy to talk to, wasn't I? <laughs> yes. Okay. I just want to make sure. So um, you go have a good Thank rest you. of the weekend. You're very welcome. You- you're very welcome. Very welcome. Um, very sweet. 855-560-9900. The car doctor's coming back. Don't go away. Welcome back. We're on the name of the car doctor. Let's go over and talk to Roy out there. Is that, uh, what is that? Is that Washington State? W-A? Yeah. I always get my abbreviations wrong. Roy, is that Washington State? Help me out. Yes, that yes. is Washington. Yes, sir. How do, you, how do you say the name of that town? Uh, Snohomish. Snohomish. Okay. Where exactly is that? Uh, a little bit north of Seattle. I mean, you guys know wherever it is? Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just a little bit uh, uh, east of Everett. It's cold out there today, isn't it? Snow? <laughs> you got a little bit of snow? Yeah. Yeah. A little cold in the motorhome. I turned off the heat last night. It's uh, 48 in here right now. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Ooh. How cold so is it? I just turned the heat back on. How, so. how, how cold is it outside? I have uh, probably 30s, Ooh. Okay. 33 probably is. All right. Well, you can keep the cold, brother. I love you, but keep the cold. I'll just fix the car for you. <laughs> so um, what's going oh, on? Yeah. How can I help you, man? So I have an 88 Chevy Astro okay. with a 4.3 liter uh, V6. Right. And been having issues with it wanting to drive. 
is when I bought it, I paid 200 bucks for it. Right. The guy said it wouldn't shift out of first gear. Transmission was bad. It's going to need a new battery because he didn't have one. Right. Uh, bought a new battery, drove it home. It was shifting fine. Gas gauge stuck and stuff. But yeah, for 20 to 9 year olds car, not too bad. Yeah. Drove it about 1,000 miles. I uh, did my spark plugs in the, for a little bit and started driving a little bit better. Still running rough and things. Uh, then I lost both drive and reverse. The night before, so that it actually completely died, I put in reverse, gave it gas. I had so much hesitation that it almost took full throttle for it to be able to generate uh, enough power to move. Barely want to move. Right. Right. So, All right. well, parked it for about a month. Uh, put new uh, fluid, uh, transmission fluid, and a filter. Uh, put the pan back together. Fired it back over. It drove forward, it drove in reverse for me. Right. So then I drove it about 200 miles, and here on Halloween, went to take it over to my parents. Uh, went up Seattle Hill Road, which is a big hill next to us. That's so kind of twisty and windy. Uh, I was having hesitation. Get When I gave it about, uh, gave it a little bit more throttle, I heard a big pop, maybe a backfire. Uh, power was intermediate, uh, coming in and out. Got up to a stoplight, hit the brakes, and came to a stop. And stopped. Went to pull out, had no drive. Okay. Popped it in reverse, backed it into a parking spot because reverse did still work. And thought it might have been the cat, so I took the cat off. Still having hesitation issues. Uh, the cat, when I op- actually opened it up and, t- and looked inside, was not honeycombs. It had, like, little uh, chalky pebbles in it. Yeah, pellets. Sure, yeah, this is an 88. Weird. Yeah, this is an 88, man. This is old. Uh, not as old as oh, me, yeah. but this is old. So um, that night or so, I fired it over. Uh, drive was, uh took about half throttle to move it all. Uh, and then the next day, I've had no drive. for So my question's question is is could it be something simple or if so what could it be okay if it's looking outside of just transmission yeah i get it let's 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 think outside the box you know because it, it sounds like you have a transmission mm-hmm. issue but it sounds like you've clearly got other things going on so the the argument mm-hmm. in your, the argument in your brain and my brain would be you know do i want to spend money to fix this if, if, if i've got x going on why fix y and let's let's yeah. look at why first. All right, if it if it needs a trans, mm-hmm. it needs a trans. Let's face it; it's it's old, like you said. Yeah. It's, it's probably got a few miles on it. You've done all the proper things. Mm-hmm. The only other thing I could think about or talk about in my head is this should be a throttle valve car. There should be a cable at the base of the throttle body, but I can't come up with a reason why, if it is equipped with one, why the throttle valve cable would break and then not break and. You know, unless the throttle valve is yeah. sticking in the in the transmission on the valve body, but that's something you can take the valve body down, trace. Your, I'm sorry, take the pan down, look for the uh, shifter cable for the throttle valve coming down, the sh- or the cable for the throttle valve coming down. You know, does it stick? Does it Just move freely? Shifter, that that's all thing. metal bars. Yeah, no, no, no yeah, not shifter. shifter. Yeah, not shifter. I corrected myself. The uh, the throttle valve cable. There should be a TV or a throttle valve cable, um, which there mm-hmm. is a. This is a. Um, this this is a throttle valve system um, inside the trans with a plunger that has to move. But if that's sticking stuck, yeah. why would it stick and unstuck? This sounds more like internal trans issues. Now, I do have one theory or so uh, on the tree. If you think about it, my tree goes park, uh, reverse, neutral, overdrive, drive, and then two one. Right. I have 
park, uh, reverse, and neutral work. If it's just going into neutral and not shifting into overdrive and drive this time, a bearing or something for the shifters going out or something, that would explain potentially. Sure. Yeah, and and last know, time I just had park. Does does the shifter feel sloppy? Is there slop in the shifter mechanism? There is play in it. Okay. So by all means, that could this could just be a linkage issue that you think you're getting it into mm-hmm. gear. So count count the detents. You know, park one, reverse two, neutral three, drive. You got to be able mm-hmm. to get to a fourth detent to get drive. If you can't get to a fourth detent, then you're stuck in neutral. And the way you'll know that is is put it in neutral, shut the car off, see if it restarts. If it restarts, then put it into reverse. See if it starts, and it shouldn't start. If it doesn't start, then you know that's reverse because you're breaking the neutral safety switch connection. In neutral, it starts. It'll only start or crank and park in neutral. But if it doesn't go park, reverse, neutral, if you can't count four clicks and get it into D, maybe this is a shifter Mm -hmm. issue. You know, and, and it might just be okay. as simple as that. So I, I get that. I'm for that. And then just look for so the slot. that's one way to link. figure out or so yeah. if it's going past neutral. Right. I was thinking maybe trying to manually shift it into drive or something to see if it'll drive down or something. Or You could, but... Ways to test that. You know, you, you could, but, you know, you're going to have to have a buddy in the truck hold their foot on the brake and you're going to crawl under it. And I don't like that. I don't like you under the car manually, mm-hmm. you know, hitting the manual shift lever trying to get it to shift but you know that that's kind of dangerous to me well there's parking brake and brakes but still i understand yeah, what um, you're you know, saying. I, I would be i would be parking brakes brakes and have the bumper sitting against the brick wall you know and i'm serious mm-hmm. i you know i've seen people get killed over stupider things and and i i, I don't take it you oh, know, yeah. lightly so that being said all right um i'll tell you what sit tight a minute because there's there's another aspect of this i want to address in the way this runs um, there were some very common things that made those trucks run just like you're describing, and I can't do it in, in less than 30 seconds, so I need a little bit more time. So stay on the line, Roy, and we'll come back to you. I'm running Aining the Car Doctor, and we're going to fill Roy in on all the details out there in Snohomish, Washington, and uh, see what's going on with his 88 Chevy Astro. Don't go away. We'll be back right after this. back. We're on the, the car doctor rolling along. Let's get back to Roy in Snohomish, Washington. Roy, you're still there. Yep, I'm here. So let's talk about the drivability issue, because I think we've kind of covered the trends and what we potentially think could be there. Okay. So one of the very common things that everybody always overlooked on these cars, and I'm talking about, you know, we've got to get past scanning for codes. This is this is an OBD1 car, so you know it's, it's easy enough to pull codes mm-hmm. out of it, jump with a pin, and count the light and so forth. The only code that's been popping up has been running rich. I've taken it O'Reilly's a couple of times, and that's only when it's been in an idle. The second you get a gas and start accelerating, code goes wet, okay. and the engine light comes off. All right. Do you have any sort of a scan tool that you can look at fuel trim? Back then, this was block mm-hmm. learn and integrator. This was... Me, personally, no, I do not. Okay. So see if you can get a, your hands on a scan tool and see where – I'd be curious what, what fuel pressure is, what, what some of the data stream numbers are. But barring that, okay. one of the critical things that you won't know, you won't find unless you know to look for it is a weak pickup mm-hmm. coil inside the distributor. All right? 
And it's a matter of take the distributor cap off, take the doghouse back off, which I know is a pain, but take the doghouse back off, pull the distributor cap off. And do you have a digital volt ohm meter? Yes, I do. Okay. And you want to set it to AC voltage, all right? And you want to unplug Mm -hmm. the pickup coil, all right, and set the voltmeter on you know, AC, and you want to see, you know, if, if you see less than seven-tenths AC voltage while cranking, you've either got a bad distributor shaft and or a pickup coil, all right? Very common. Okay. Uh, more often than not, these cars had, these cars would develop bad pickup shafts. The, 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 the distributor shaft with the starred magnet that's on it that triggered the pickup coil, you know, you'll you'll end up taking that distributor apart, and you'll pull the shaft out if you can get it out because it'll be varnished up. Drive the roll pin out through the gear at the bottom, pull it out. There'll be a little shim there. Don't drop the shim between. There's a thrust washer between the the distributor drive gear or driven gear and the shaft. Uh, don't lose that shim. You'll yeah, need that to would put probably it back be together. a bad. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to do that. All right, um, and definitely don't want to do it near the engine when you got the open hole. But you want to you know mm-hmm. take it out, and if you get that shaft, if you think this has weak pickup, all right, that you get this to crank over and you've got less than seven seven tenths of a volt AC and you're saying, gee, you know, that's wrong because these will put out more than seven tenths of a volt AC when they're right, uh, you know, out of the pickup coil. Mm-hmm. Like I said, unplug it from the module and crank it. You're just doing a cranking test. Um, more often than not, what you're describing, the magnet is cracked, all right? The magnet, okay. will, the magnet will crack where the rivets are pressed together, all right? The little rivet, the little rivet maker, at, little rivet maker at GM was just a little too tight that day. And crack and over time they just split. While you crack a magnet, what do you do? You change the polarity, you change the fields of magnetic flux. Right, everything changes, and mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you don't get the signal that you're supposed to get, and that becomes the issue. The problem is, all right, that you're going to go buy a remanufactured distributor because you're going to think that's all that's out there. And that might all be that's out there, all right? I used to stock these distributor shafts. That's how common they were, all right, the 4.3s mm-hmm. and, and, and the 5.7s. So just be mindful. If you're going to put an aftermarket distributor in it, do the same test, all right, until you okay. until you find one that's, you know, more than 7 tenths of a volt AC, don't use it, all right? It, 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 it almost right. pays. If you can still buy a distributor shaft assembly, and you can check with uh, you can check with O'Reilly Auto Parts, see if they have anything. Uh, you know, maybe they can get it through AC Delco because Delco would be the only one that would come to mind that would have it as a new piece. But I would be looking mm-hmm. for I would be looking for a Delco pickup coil. Although, well, that's not true either. I mean, I'd be looking for an old, new old stock Delco pickup coil. I don't know about their newer stuff and a, a and a new distributor shaft because, like I said, they were very problematic. And just putting in a remand doesn't necessarily guarantee you good operation. But that is something I would clearly look at, as well as inside the distributor cap, you're looking for arcing and you're looking for problems with regards to the rotor. And does anything look like it's punched through? And um, there should be a vent screen, if memory serves me correct, at the base of the distributor that would have a tendency on a vehicle that sits either the spider built a web over it or it oxidized over or it corroded over. Make sure that vent screen will pass air through it so that, you know, the inside of the distributor doesn't build up any kind of contaminant or moisture and corrosion and so on. Uh, you know, let the screen do its job. So, But those, those are the things that I would look at. Those distributors were very problematic. Aside from that, I'd be looking at ground. I'd voltage drop the uh, chassis ground from the battery. I would voltage drop 
the you know um, uh, computer grounds that are going to be located on the studs at the back of the cylinder head. Once you have the doghouse off, I believe you're going to see some grounds there located on the stud eyelet, and make sure those are still there. But those are the kind of things you want to start looking for, and to see what that does for you. Okay. All right, sir. And that you can attack obviously right. before you worry about the trans. And if you can solve the the running mm-hmm. issue, then okay, maybe it's worthwhile to put a trans in it, because regardless of how many miles are on that, those Astros were tough. They took a beating. And well, I, was, you, I was told that the engines uh, they just put put a uh, new engine in it fifty four thousand miles ago. They took it to the dealership and spent like six thousand dollars. And I wonder why. I I wonder why they got rid of it. And and you know they said I, that they blew the head gasket on the old one. No, but why did they get rid of the car? You know, you paid 200 bucks for it. So, you know, why did somebody just dump the it car that shift, cheap? The transmission was bad, wouldn't shift out of first gear. Okay. All right. Well, then, you know what? You may find that, and, and that's the other thing I should mention, too. If this is not shift linkage, you may find, mm-hmm. you may find, believe it or not, fixing the running problem fixes the transmission problem. You may find oh, yeah. that. Yeah, you you just may find that. And you may also see, once you look at this, I would not be surprised if the distributor that's in this is the original distributor mm-hmm. from 1988, and the dealership took it out and dropped it in and <laughs> on their way, and they transferred the problem from one to the other. So don't, mm-hmm. don't rule that out either. All right, Roy? Mm-hmm. So then quick question. Yeah. So what uh, transmissions do you like, and what's what, and what's the bonuses of benefits of one over the other? Well, I think that, if if, if I remember right, that should be a – was that a 4L60? I think uh, that, That's a 700R4. So it's a 700R4. That's all you can really put in mm-hmm. that. If that if that's the factory trans. I was more trans. like manual versus uh, semi-automatic or – well, not necessarily you, based on the car, but what transmissions you like. Uh, and what do you mean? What do I like to drive? Or you're talking or about for this like application, like manual or so? Can you how you shift and things like that? Well, what are you going to do with the vehicle? This vehicle, uh, just off road, uh, through streets, just take wherever I want to go. Yeah, I mean, if if you're talking in reference to this vehicle, all right. And I just want to understand the question. You're talking about what would I want to put in this vehicle if you had to replace the trans? Roy? Actually, no. I was just meaning in general for yeah. any vehicle or so and just kind of what do you prefer. And it's, well, like manuals you can do certain things with versus automatic. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. My little shop truck, I've got a 97 Ranger, 212,000 miles on it. It's a, it's a five-speed stick. All right? And I just mm-hmm. I just like it. It's a simple vehicle. It's a clutch. It's a manual trans. It's you know It's easy to go. The plow truck, I've got an 08 Silverado. It's the plow truck. It you know it pushes snow at the house. It pushes snow at the shop. At any point in between, it's an automatic because it's a pain in the neck to shift and plow when you're you know when you're plowing. You know that's just uh, you know that's just that's just an inconvenience. And as far as everything else, depends what I'm driving. You know from a, from a performance point of view. Now back in the day, back in the day, Black One was a small block with a two speed glide and a manual valve body. And I shifted an automatic on the street all day long, and it was pure performance. But it's it's mm-hmm. it's a hard question to answer because it really depends on what you're driving and how you're driving it. So as far yeah. as as far as the Astro, you know what what I would tell you to do is just you know what's out there in terms of an over the counter replacement. What's the best warranty? And you know you can always modify it afterwards, or perhaps modify it from the rebuilder. Hey, can you give me a valve body that it doesn't matter whether I, as you said, semi-automatic, I can shift it, or 
I can leave it in drive and just, you know, go to church with it on Sunday and let it do its thing. And and that's fine too. But you know, it's and it's probably worth doing. I'll tell you what, listening to you and thinking about it, if this has a new engine in it fifty four thousand miles old, as long as the body's not severely rusted out, this vehicle is probably worthwhile to put a trans in because it's just a big metal box at that point and it'll run for another hundred thousand miles. All right, kiddo? minutes so i could bust out my paint and it would look pretty much brand new yeah right i and have one dent in the bumper right and at that point what else what do you need to go and spend 50 grand on a new vehicle for keep this one going all right hey roy good luck to you out there and uh turn the heater on the trailer tonight you're going to lose an hour sleep so are uh, you actually getting an hour sleep so turn the heat up in the trailer so you're not real cold tomorrow morning and uh enjoy the weather out there in washington out there in snohomish um and thanks for the call 855-560-9900 ron and Andy, the car doctor coming back right after this Welcome back, Ron and Andy, the Car Doctor. Let's get over and talk to Kevin, Lacrosse, Wisconsin. Kevin, welcome back. Welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help? Hey, can you hear me? Okay, I sure can. What's going on? Hey, yeah, I I have an '05 uh, GMC Envoy. It's also known as a Chevy Trailblazer and the or Bravada. Okay. Um, yes, it's an '05. Um, it has like two hundred and like ten or twenty thousand miles. Is that just broken or not? That's just broken uh, in, baby. Keep going. Her. Absolutely. Especially with a truck, a lot of people say, I, I tell people for a truck, and that's just broken. That's a lot of miles. Nah, that's... Not for a truck. Yeah, keep it going, man. Mm-hmm. You know, keep it and going. And it's almost paid off, too, and I got a really good deal on it. Yeah, so what is what it? What kind of maintenance do you do on those ones? What, what, what engine's in this, Kevin? It's a V6 of some type, and it's, it's called the extended version, so it's an eight-passenger. So back when it was brand new, this car, was, I believe, was ahead of its time back in the day. All right, it's so... Very, Back in the day, I'll tell you the weak link in this car, and then I'll tell you about the maintenance. All right, the absolute mm-hmm. weak link in this car that you never, ever, ever—did I say ever enough times? Want to have to replace yeah. is the driver's side or passenger side front axle seals. All right, this is the vehicle that. The, well, I'll tell you, this is the vehicle the engineer designed. He designed the front axle system before lunch and then he went out and he had a couple of beers and then he came back and he said let's change it just a little bit the driver's side the passenger side axle goes through the oil pan all right oh and, my god oh yeah if, if this is the one i'm thinking of and i i fought i fought with a few of these because what happens is the, the trailblazers too yeah just, same uh, thing envoy trailblazer all the same oh thing my brother god. And what happens is the the support bracket for the for the axle uh, is aluminum, and they bolt that to the side of the aluminum oil pan, and then they put it together with steel bolts, and then they they go internal. Oh, it's just it's ugly, dude. So which one do you don't want to replace the driver or passenger? You either or? either one. Either one's ugly. Oh, all right. God. The drivers. I have friends that have similar vehicles though too, so I should let them know this. Too. Yeah, the 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 driver's side one is a little tougher to deal with. The passenger side you can kind of make work. The actuators fail all the time. They're very expensive. So before you start spending huge money on this just broken in vehicle, make sure that's okay. It can be done. All right. But in a lot of cases, you end up replacing not just the two axles and the seals, but you also replace the oil pan because you have to you have to chisel away the actuator and it breaks off on the inside. It's just a mess. It's a mess. It's like GM. Actually, I have replaced the bearings on this. I put some work in this truck. Okay. But it's almost paid off, and it's 
for an 05 vehicle, it's gone, gone through everything. The only downside is um, it's a V6, and even people say the engine's too small for the truck. But again, returning gets very good gas knowledge for a truck. Right. But well, it couldn't get out of its way if it tried. Well, it that's not. and that's okay. <laughs> so, as, like I said, as long as the axle seals. I don't power. I do it to get me from place to place. Right. And I and I put a little work. I've had this truck is knock on wood got me through everything. I even had someone put something in the fuel tank and it still went. This, well, as long as. As long as those axle seals aren't leaking, from a maintenance point of view, I review history and see where or when were any of the fluids changed. You want to go through driveline fluids, trans, both differentials, transfer case, all important stuff, coolant belts, hoses, the usual things there, uh, thermostat, you know, if it's the original thermostat with 200,000 miles on it, a great time to replace that as well, and then just spark plugs last, um, obviously looking at brakes, rubber suspension components, and just, you know, has it ever had a fuel system cleaning of any type, a good time to do a fuel system cleaning and start from here and keeping an accurate log going forward. You do those things, do the basic maintenance, you know what? We'll talk about it in 400,000 miles when you've got 400,000 miles on it. And I'll say it's a little bit beyond just broken in. Thanks for the call, Kevin. I appreciate it. And uh, keep on being part of the Car Doctor family. 855-560-9900. We're back right after this. Welcome back. Juan and the Car Doctor rolling along this hour. By the way, I want to talk about we, we made a boo-boo this hour. And um, I think it's Tom Ray's fault. Tom, can I uh, talk to you for a minute? You can't blame this on me. Well, when when, when you left when you left to use the little uh, car doctor's room uh, last commercial break, yeah, Tony went in and got it, and um, we hit it on you because you wouldn't let us play with it beforehand. Well, that's, I want to know. We didn't give away the Predator two this hour. That's what we're talking about. Okay, you know the, the folks at Diablo Sport gave us this Predator two, which gives you the ability to tune and adjust your vehicle's operation right from the driver's seat, so to speak. And uh, um, it's not underneath my desk anymore. Studio here. What'd you What'd you guys do? We're not going to tell you, but we can tell you that we're going to tune and adjust you with it. Well, I don't think you can do that. So that means now we're going to give away the Predator 2 next week. That's right. right. We have to give it away next week. Oh, oh, we'll definitely give it away next week after we've made sure it works. Um, Well, we've got to pry it out of Tony's hands. If there's fingerprints on this one like there were on the last one, I'm in a lot of trouble, so we can't do that. All right? Promise? Can I get it back? Can I? Can I? Can I? No. By the way, who let the dog into the studio? I have Lucy the Wonder Dog in here with me. That's okay. We've programmed her, so you better watch out. Yeah, well, she's she's the world's most vicious attack pit bull. So she doesn't like how come How come she wasn't in here guarding the Predator 2 to keep somebody from taking it? Well, I think you would have to answer that question. That wasn't our job. Oh, I think, you know what, well, you throw her some of the barbecue we had before. And, but anyway, so um, I just want to do a I just want to do a quick PC email. Can I still do a quick PC email? Hey, Ron, I got hold of an 02 Dodge Ram 2500 Cummings 4x4. It's been sitting about three years. The reason it's sitting because most of the brake lines were rotted, all the lines under the hood, too. Uh, my question is, other than replacing the brake lines for a truck that's been sitting that long, what do you suggest I do before attempting to make it roadworthy again, it being a diesel? Is there anything special I should consider? Thanks, Matt. Yeah, Matt, you know what? Got to go through the fuel system. All right, fuel system's got to be clean. Uh, you know, drain it all. And, you know, there are some chemicals out there for diesels that have been sitting for a long period of time. You probably want to run that through the system, do a little research on that. Obviously, look at all the rubber components. The brake rotors are all going to be rusty. Obviously, all the driveline fluids as well as the cooling system. And take a hard look at that radiator, see what's rotted and what's not, and replace and repair accordingly from there. Till the next time, I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor. Good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. 